Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910 or 980 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also get us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search the Rob O'Donnell Show. It's uh, 510, 41 degrees, and partly sunny. It's cloudy, partly sunny. This computer, we, I need a window in here. Let's see what's going on outside. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Well, one of the big attacks on this new speaker of the House has been directed that he's an election denier because he voted to delay and not certify the election. He did. Simple as that. He did. But here's the thing. Is that truly denying an election? Seems like the people who are attacking that, and the people, I've seen it on news stations. I've seen it on TV. I see it all over the media. It seems to be their clause. You know, the new speaker's an election denier. The election denier speaker... That seems to be their big spike the football moment. Even here on the station, I've heard it. And listen, if if that's your stance, that the new Speaker of the House is an election denier, either you have short memory or you're politically inept. It's as simple as that. And we're going to get back to the short memory. When the new Speaker of the House and many others voted not to certify the election, this past election. There were 18 pending lawsuits across the nation. Now, 100%, every lawsuit was tossed out, nothing was found, and that was that. But at the time that they were supposed to certify the election in the joint session of Congress, the Senate and the House come together, For illegally required to ratify the results of a presidential election, and it's mostly ceremonial. But there's been five times now where it has not been, where there's been objections, where people have not voted to certify the election. Most recently after this current election in 2020, you know, the one where they're labeling the new speaker an election denier, was just in 2016, where several House Democrats challenged Donald Trump being elected. And there were no pending lawsuits at that time. They just were under the stance that they believed Hillary Clinton won and Donald Trump didn't. And five Democrats, Texas Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, California Representative Barbara Lee, Massachusetts Representative James McGovern, Maryland Representative Jamie Raskin, and Arizona Representative Raul Grijalva voted not to certify the election. They election deniers? And I pulled up the Politico article from January 6th of 2017. A challenge by several House Democrats to Donald Trump's election on Friday collapsed when they failed to persuade a single Democrat senator to join their protest. They needed someone from the other chamber to agree with them. 
The short-lived, doomed-from-the-start effort, spearheaded by Representatives Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas and Barbara Lee of California, came during a joint meeting of the House and Senate to certify Trump's Electoral College victory. Without sufficient support to challenge Trump's victory, the Republican-led Congress moved ahead with an easy confirmation of Trump's presidency. The only remaining step was for him to take the oath of office on January 20th. Joe Biden was actually the vice president presiding over the joint member of Congress and said it's over. To a round of applause from the chamber. Of these five Democrat representatives who were and did vote to not certify the election. The joint session of Congress is legally required and typically ceremonial event to ratify the results of the presidential election. But members are permitted to challenge the validity of the electoral votes And for just five times since 1877, it's been done. So it's been done four times. The fifth being in 2020 with Donald Trump. And remember, I'm just going to read it again. The members are permitted under their rules to challenge the validity of the electoral votes. Now, again, when these five... Democrat representatives in 2016 did it because they believed Hillary Clinton won. There were zero pending lawsuits to prove that. In 2020, there were 18 lawsuits across the country. Again, they all failed. The election was lost. But at the time of this ratification of the electoral by the joint member of Congress, there were 18 lawsuits. And that's what this new speaker did. said, hey, there's 18 pending lawsuits. This shouldn't be certified just yet till that works its way through. But he's an election denier now because, of course, he's in a place of power. But you have five Democrats, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, California Representative Barbara Lee, Massachusetts Representative James McGovern, and Maryland Representative Jamie Raskin and Arizona Representative Raul Grahavla all voted and said we should not certify this election because we believe Hillary Clinton won. Jackson Lee and her allies argued that widespread voter suppression in states won by Trump tarnished the results. They also pointed to research provided by a team of independent lawyers that found dozens of Republican electors were technically ineligible to serve, but their arguments failed to persuade their Senate colleagues to step forward. Though any single member may lodge an objection, only those supported by both the House members and Senator are eligible for debate. Had the effort by the House Democrats gained the support of a single Senator, it would have delayed the confirmation of Trump's victory, forcing the Senate to retreat to the chambers and debate the merits of each challenged electoral vote. The attempted objections began immediately during this joint session when Representative James McGovern protested Alabama's electoral votes, citing Russian interference in the presidential election. His declaration drew a sharp round of booing from the Republicans in the chamber. Russian interference, this is coming from James McGovern of Massachusetts, Democrat. It's found not to be true. Biden asked whether his objection was in writing or if he had the support of a senator. When McGovern acknowledged he had no senator, Biden quickly moved on. 
At times, Democrat objectors attempted to lodge complaints over Biden's attempt to gavel the session along. When Jackson Lee objected to Michigan's votes, Biden gaveled her silent. But she quickly started speaking again while Biden repeatedly slammed the gavel and Republicans began shouting for order in the chamber. The episode was repeated when Jackson Lee objected to South Carolina's votes. Should she have been put in jail for insurrection? Should she have been condemned for insurrection? She was being gaveled silent by the vice president then, Joe Biden. Kept moving on, kept shouting over him. Other objections came from freshman Maryland Representative Jamie Raskin and the Arizona Representative. House Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi told reporters ahead of the session that she supported the rationale of the protesting lawmakers, but that without a Senate backer, their efforts were in vain. Quite frankly, there's nothing they could say in there that would be an overstatement of the reasons why we should have a floor discussion, but the fact that you can't do it on a one-house basis. They needed a senator to agree with them. So... Anytime you hear someone today call the current Speaker of the House an election denier, well, it's his right to question that. And at the time he did, there was 18 outstanding lawsuits across the nation questioning the election. Now, again, full transparency, they were all found nothing. There was not enough evidence. They were tossed out, whatever it was. But at the time that these five Democrat senators tried to do the same thing when President Trump beat Hillary Clinton, there was not a single lawsuit pending. This was just their belief that they thought Hillary Clinton won. Donald Trump did not, could not have. When they were gaveled by the vice president who oversees the joint chamber to ratify the election, he was shouted over by these members. Is that an insurrection? So anyone who wants to go down that road either has extremely short or selective memories or they're politically inept of the process. It's as simple as that. You know, it's funny how we want to remember parts of history but not other parts of history. You know, we want a Democrat process. We want to do away this, this part of this country that wants to do away with the Electoral College because they want the popular vote to be the law of the land. But yet when the Speaker of the House is invited, is, is, is voted in by his district in Louisiana that believes a certain way, as he does, aligns with him and sends him to Washington to portray those beliefs, well, that's not good enough anymore. You, oh, my God, I can't believe you think like that. Oh, my God, I can't believe you say, oh, my God. He must be a radical Christian. Or... Is he just bringing the beliefs of those who elected him and him from the area, the district he was elected, that's what representatives are supposed to do, and portray those beliefs in Washington? We need to stop listening to the division of the media and the politically inept who have a microphone and stop lying to you. Those are the facts. So if you're going to call the new Speaker of the House an election denier, then every time I hear something about Jamie Raskin, I want to hear he's an election denier. Sheila Jackson Lee, I want to hear she's an election denier because they did the exact same thing but without any legal backing. There were no lawsuits at the time they did it. There was no pending questions. And that's that. It's 521 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. I think there's people hibernating today. 
no accidents, no major backups, not heavy traffic. It's kind of quiet out there. They said it's too cold out. It is very too cold out. This... Now you got me laughing again. Very too cold. It's very too cold out. I got me laughing again. I'm. I feel like hibernating. This Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update is brought to you by Fire Tree Conawago. Struggling with addiction? Fire Tree Conawago is here to help you. Visit firetree.com. And nothing. Not not at all. It's a little bit of slow go in the Scranton area, 81 southbound. You dip below the speed limit just a bit. But other than that, nothing to complain about. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, mostly clear and cold, low 27. There's a freeze watch. The record's 25. Thursday, mostly sunny but chilly, high 49. Friday, mix of sun and clouds, high 56. Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, high 60. Sunday, mix of sun and clouds, high 60 as well. Remember, daylight savings time, Saturday night into Sunday. It's currently 41 degrees with some sun and clouds outside at 523 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 527, and without fail, the cartoon characters are out in force, and, and I love it. It just means everything I said really got to you, so it must hurt. I get it. So here's, here's the response, all from the same person, by the way. Here's the responses I get for what I just out, laid out and simply said, stated, what? The new Speaker of the House did. He objected to ratifying the Electoral College in the joint session of Congress, which is needed to find a president. And five Democrats did the same thing in 2016, but they're just treated differently. And I get it. You can't base yourself on the facts. you got to throw all this other stuff out there. So this is how it starts. The Speaker was in a group labeled a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Spin that. Really? You're going to go with the Southern Poverty Law Center? I don't need to spin that. You just made a moron out of yourself. Southern Poverty Law Center is a joke. Everyone knows it, including you. It just gives you talking points. You want to throw it out there. Now it goes on. You know, a minute late. These are a minute apart, these texts. From the same person. How many Dems attacked the Capitol? You're reaching so hard it probably hurts. Was there an insurrection in 2016? Well, as the vice president is slamming the gavel down, trying to silence the representative who is continuing to speak over his objection, isn't that? The new speaker is an election denier. He also said homosexuals will end democracy. Spin his words, please. Oh, I absolutely can. I talked about it yesterday, where Joe Biden, the president you probably most likely voted for, said in 1973... That homosexuals were a security risk. Said in 1993 that he voted in favor for an amendment to codify the Department of Health and Human Services prohibition of permanent immigration to individuals who were HIV positive or gay. The same year he voted for the National Defense Authorization Act in 1994, which included the don't ask, don't tell that barred gay Americans from serving in the military. In 1994, he joined 22 of his Democrat colleagues to vote in favor of an amendment that would cut off federal funds to any school district that taught the acceptance of homosexuality as a lifestyle. In 1996, he voted for the Defense of Marriage Act, DOMA, 
which amended the Federal Judicial Code to provide that no state, territory, or profession in the United States shall be required to give effect to any marriage between persons of the same sex. 2004, he would later vote for the law which defined marriage between a man and a woman. And it goes on. But I said this yesterday, so you know this. So why are you throwing out that he said homosexuals will end democracy, spin his words? Well, I just gave a half dozen examples of the current president who said pretty much the same thing, said they were a security risk. And you went on to... Another one. Here you go. Dems followed the Democrats followed the legal route and conceded when those roads closed. Republicans stormed the building and ignored legal avenues, betrayed the Constitution. We're talking about the Speaker. Did the Speaker storm the Capitol? The Speaker did exactly the same thing those five Democrats did in 2016. Now you want to incorporate, you want to label them all as Republicans. Who knows who they were? Most of them probably were. But you want to label what happened there to the speaker. It's apples and oranges. And then you want to put in, I thought you weren't a name caller, Rob. Well, when you say moronic things, you call them out as such. Look at the arguments you brought in. Just reading more of these texts. They're getting funny and funnier as it go wrong. But it's great. Keep getting angrier and angrier. I love it. Talks about I, I, I kiss the butts of veterans and law enforcement to cover for my own betrayal of the Constitution. Keep uh, keep getting angry. The more you text, the more it's becoming even funnier and funnier. And the people who are out there listening, what I did is say exactly what the speaker did and exactly what these five representatives did the same thing in 2016 and how there's no difference. But you're labeling in his statements, personal beliefs, what happened out of his control from people who were at the Capitol on January 6th and such like that, because you don't have an argument of what I talked about. So, uh, you know, I get it. I get it. We can get a doll made up and you can point to where it hurts. I I get it. Seek help just by your rash of text messages. And don't break your your radio or anything either. Probably not a good thing. It's uh, 532 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 537. It's just cold. <laughs> 40. It's not that cold. It's not bad. I'm wearing a t-shirt, so I hope it's not that cold. It's 41 degrees now outside. Uh, a lot from the same texter, of course, talking about insurrection and this and that. There, well, come on. Out of everybody that was involved in January 6th, what was there, one or two that was actually charged with anything related to insurrection? The federal government didn't even charge it against Donald Trump because there was nothing there. And if you've ever been in a riot situation, it was a moderate riot. It really wasn't an insurrection. Did it stop anything? Did the government cease to function? Did the government work the way it's supposed to work? The continuation happened, right? Joe Biden is our president. But I know the insurrection's a cool word to say for Democrats. It's not even Democrats because a lot of, uh, I would say most Democrats are smarter than that. But a lot of people want to hang their hat. That's why you deflect and change the word. Okay, well, he didn't do the same exact thing that they did, these Democrats, in 2016, you know, because he said these things about gay marriage, too. So that, that's even more. And the Southern Poverty Law Center, and that's even more. But, you know, I just read your list of what Joe Biden said. You're, you're current president or the current president. 
I shouldn't assume, but based on your text messages, probably voted for him. And that article from Politico goes on. You know, this this was taken after 2016, you know, that failing to vote to ratify the election. Uh, the last time lawmakers forced a debate on the electoral vote challenge came in 2005 when Senator Barbara Boxer, Democrat from California, joined Ohio Representative Ste- uh, Stephanie Tubbs-Jones to contest the Ohio electoral votes that guaranteed George W. Bush's le- re-election. They spent two hours arguing that voting irregularities could have tipped the election in Bush's favor but failed to convince their colleagues to reverse the outcome. So in 2005, they tried to overturn the election. Again, two Democrats, same. There was little hope among Democrats for a different outcome this time. But the process uh, never got that far without the Senate support. The House Democrats protested repeatedly, met Biden's heavy gavel and the Democrats mounting. Is there one United States senator who will join me, said Representative Maxine Waters, Democrat of California, after the electoral votes for Wyoming, the final state, were read out loud. And again, this was during 2005. So just more of that. But you guys do you. It's uh, 540 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Thanks, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. It's pretty quiet out there. Just a little bit of slowing on 81 southbound through the Scranton area. And some heavy traffic bumper to bumper on Commerce Boulevard in Dixon City. I am only to assume that since today is the day after Halloween, that Christmas shopping has already begun with the traffic that's out on Commerce Boulevard. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, W-I-L-K, traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, mostly clear and cold, low 27. Freeze watch, record low, 25. Thursday, mostly sunny but chilly, high 49. Friday, mix of sun and clouds, high 56. Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, high 60. Sunday, mix of sun and clouds, high 60. It's currently 41 degrees. And uh, clouds and sun here at 541 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 545 here at the station, WILK. The Rob O'Donnell Show. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. One of the texters said they're going to be sitting by my pool when I get home. So I I promise you that won't work out well for you. So I would not highly recommend against it. I would uh, not. It wouldn't work out well for you. But, hey, it is a free country. Let's go to the phone. We have uh, Joe from Edwardsville on election deniers. Joe. Yeah, Rob. How you doing? Uh, sorry to. I, I was. I was going to be sorry that you know, you talked about this a long time ago, and now here it is. You know, thirty minutes later, we're still. But you were still talking about it. So yay. Yeah. Um, and, and yes, when this last session of Congress was gaveled in, and uh, uh, our new speaker voted not to, and there were eighteen hanging uh, lawsuits, which were all as you say, found not to be cogent. Um, Most of those were dismissed because the people who filed them 
had no standing. Yes. Which is another way for the judicial branch of the government to say, this is none of your damn business. So, no, I, I am tired of this nonsense. I'm a big fan of Occam's Razor. And Occam's Razor says it's not as simple as the simplest explanation is usually true. It says the solution with the least supposition is probably correct. And so we want to suppose that Joe Biden, the biggest nitwit who ever walked up right, got more votes than any other president on the face of the planet. Like Barack Obama, who was, and I wasn't a huge fan of him as president, but man, he was a charismatic politician. And Joe Biden outhauled him in votes. Give me a break. It, it, it just does not, it, and if it doesn't, if it isn't true, it, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I mean, and to lay out, again, this was directed just at the speaker, what his actions were for the reason they're calling him an election denier now. And I just pointed out that in 2016, there were five Democrats that did exactly the same thing he did yeah. this time. Now, you can bring all this other stuff into it, which is why, why I was being critical of some of the textures coming in, because it had nothing to do with what we were talking about. And if you want to bring in his views on gay marriage, again, I just listed a half dozen reasons uh, why not Joe Biden should be in the same category. But it's not because he has that D after his name. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, if you want to talk about all these other things, that's fine. But. All I said is, for those who are saying that this gentleman is an election denier trying to make it something he's not, well, then these five in 2016 were, and we, I went back to 2005 where there was another two or three that did the same exact thing. It is their right to do it, but they yes. need a senator to agree with them, and then it gets debated. Yes, and there's no, there's no, it seems like people like you and I, we can discuss one thing at a time. You know, when people want to talk about Donald Trump, who I, you know, I liked as a president. I don't know the man personally, so I can't say whether I like him or not, but I like his policies. You want to talk about him? I'm not going to say, okay, but what about Joe Biden? I'm going to say, okay, let's look at what he did, and I can talk about that. Why is it that the other way around, when everybody wants to talk about Joe Biden, first word out of anybody's, well, usually the second word is Trump. Usually the first word is but. Yeah, and even even his views on gay marriage, isn't he allowed to his personal views based on his religious beliefs or his personal beliefs? He's allowed to that. As long as he does not discriminate against other people, as long as he does not attack other people for it or not give them their it, – it's fine. His personal belief is that, and he is voted by the people in his district who have a lot of the same beliefs. That's why he's there. Yes, and I enjoyed your discussion yesterday on what does this mean? Yes, the, the separation of church and state does not appear in the Constitution anywhere. Neither does the word privacy, but we won't get into that. But the bottom line is, no, it doesn't say. And the, that in the First Amendment, that whole clause was, the government shall make no laws involving the, the institution of a religion, nor restrict the free exercise thereof. So if Mr. Uh, God, I forgot his name, is exercising his right to, you know, exercise his religion, none of your business. And if the courts find that he's doing something wrong, they will find that. 
but to just cast aspersions on someone's character is not supposed to be the way this works. Well, that's the way it has worked, and you know this is the way it's been. It's that's been amplified tenfold. We don't like someone; we're going to personally attack them as much as we can. We're going to amplify it if we keep repeating it. Somebody, more people are going to believe us, and, and that's what's done here. And it, we really need to get away from that. You know what it all comes down to? Here's the bottom line. And like you say, with words like insurrection and election denial, for a long time, words had meaning and power. Words like racism and bigotry and things. Words continue to have power. They no longer have as much meaning as they used to. True. It is It is true. All right. And I again, just just laying out the facts of what happened, you know, angers people. They they want their belief on this guy, and that's why all these other things came into this discussion. But if you look at why are they calling this person an election denier? Well, this is what he did. He he didn't vote to ratify the election in the joint se- session of Congress because he said there are 18 pending lawsuits and I think we should hold off on this and I can't do this. Did it happen anyway? Yes, it did happen. Happened a little bit later, but they did their duty. The system worked. And the same thing happened back then. I'm going to fall back on my assertion that Occam's Razor suggests they're calling him out on this because he's a Republican. Because there are less assumptions in that than there are in any of these other arguments. True, my friend. True. All right. All right. I thank you very much. You have a great rest of your night. You too, Joe. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. It's uh, 552 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Oh, welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Let me see what we have here. There's a possible conflict of interest for a Pennsylvania senator, U.S. senator. That was only one or two, but surprisingly, it's uh, not Mr. Fetterman. It's uh, Senator Bob Casey. In May, Senator Bob Casey uh, celebrated $200,000 in grant funding to a health and human services nonprofit near Scranton, one that has used Casey's brother-in-law as a state-based lobbyist. While there is no evidence that the relationship involved an improper quid pro quo, it's yet another example of Casey family relationships intersecting with his regular business as a senator. Sort of like Cori Bush paying her husband six figures as well, it was originally security, but that title has now changed. I think it's advisor or something now. But here's uh, Senator Bob Casey giving a lobbyist firm here, giving a, a, a non for profit that his brother is the lobbyist for $200,000 in grant funding. Not saying there's wrongdoing here, but it's, as they put it, interse- intersecting with uh, family and business. Is that the right? Is that the right uh, optics? Let's say. Don't know his brother. But requests for comment to the Casey Senate office. We're not returned. Or the lobbyist, his brother. His brother-in-law. I'm sorry. Pennsylvania lobbying lobbying records show Casey's brother-in-law, Patrick Breyer, 
signed on as a lobbyist for MFHS just six months before received the non-for-profit received $200,000. Isn't it enough to say, come on, really? Is this, uh, is this uh, on the up and up? Is this really the way we want our things happening here? In 2002, the Wilkes-Barre Times leader reported of another potential conflict of interest between Breyer and Casey. In that instance, Breyer had worked for a law firm that helped Luzerne County-based nursing home negotiate a settlement with the federal government after it was discovered that they had overcharged Medicare by $2 million. Casey was not yet a senator and then running for governor, had been running ads at the time boasting about he had cracked down on nursing home billing fraud while serving as Pennsylvania's Auditor General. The combination of circumstances caused some in the area to wonder why Casey hadn't discovered the overbillings at the nursing home in question. And one local leader at the time questioned whether the Democrat commissioners decided to hire the firm, Breyers, for the settlement negotiation with ties to Casey as a safeguard against the state audit. Again, that was reported by the uh, Wilkes-Barre Times leader back in 2002. But here you go, that his brother-in-law becomes a lobbyist for this non-for-profit and in what did I say, three months or six months later? Six months later. Receives $200,000 in grant funding from Casey. Or directed by Casey. Shouldn't say from Casey, it's from us. It's uh, 5.58 here at WILK. We'll be back to close out the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Oh, we're still going. Ran late. Got all talking and stuff what's going on. But, you know, what's your thoughts on this? Do you think, I mean, it's his brother-in-law. He's registered. I mean, it's it's there, but is it the optics that you want to see from your state senator, from your U.S. senator? That six months, this non-for-profit hires this lobbyist who happens to be Senator Bob Casey's brother-in-law. Six months later, they have a $200,000 grant. And we see this time and time again. This is The status quo in Washington really needs to end. Across the board, this isn't unique to Democrats. This isn't unique to Bob Casey. This is our politicians. This is why... Our members of Congress who make $174,000 a year and have to operate two households, one in one of the most expensive places to live in the country, the D.C. metro area, and all come out millionaires at the end. All of them. We really have to take a deep look into this because are they literally looking out at the best interests of us, the American people? And again, this is all while in 16 days the government is shutting down. You guys be safe tonight. It's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio. God bless. Be safe. And we will do this again tomorrow. See ya.